Welcome to the Dissident Daughters podcast. I am Ada, and today I have Jezebel back with me. Hi! Yay! You all missed her so much, didn't you? Yeah, I know. We did. Yes. We have missed her terribly. Actually, so she went up to college. It's been over a month now. Like two months? No, it hasn't been two months. We'll just say it's been six weeks. (laughs) Anyways... What month is it? September, you weirdo. See, okay, okay, don't take her word for it. Like one month. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's been like two months. It's been a little while. Okay, so she moved out and um, she's living at the dorms at college. And I will let her give a little like update of how that's gone (laughs) and what she's been up to the last month or two months, whatever whatever she says it is. So last month, um, I've and I went on a big canoe trip. Yeah, before I, school started. Yeah, before school started, a whole week on the Green River. And then I started school, and I have roommates. And, and in the first week, like, everything went wrong? Absolutely everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Yeah. First and second week of school. Yeah, tell people about all the stuff oh, that went yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah. First day of class, within the first 10 minutes, my laptop broke. Mm-hmm. Brand new laptop. By brand the way. new. We bought it this this summer. Yeah. Brand new laptop broke, and like wouldn't connect to Wi-Fi for some reason, and it, like the network adapter just disappeared. And so I took it to the IT building, and they fixed it. And then, like later or like the next day, it broke again. So I took it back again, and they fixed it again. And then it, and it broke, broke again. again. And then I took it back again, and they fixed it again. And then it broke again. And then I took it back and they couldn't fix it. This is going to be a long story. <laughs> Just kidding. And, and then it miraculously fixed itself randomly for no reason. So yeah. it resulted. But the laptop, that was just one thing. Yeah. There's like five more things that went wrong. Um, I got locked out of my dorm. Multiple times. <laughs> Multiple times. I kept locking myself out. Your debit card didn't work when you went to the grocery oh, store. Oh, yeah. I went grocery shopping and I went to pay for it and my debit card didn't work. So I had nope. to just like leave with walk away with any groceries. No groceries. Um, your bike lock broke. My bike lock broke. I had to buy a new one. Yeah, you got like stranded. You got lost uh, on campus I multiple did, times. I did that like every day. Yeah, campus was really confusing. And yeah. Google Maps never worked. Yeah, and there was probably more. My roommate's Mormon. <laughs> Should I say that? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Yeah. But we should say she's not a Utah Mormon. Yeah, she's an out-of-state. Which actually makes her less Mormon. She's actually really sweet. She's a yeah. really nice girl. She's from New York. And she even helped me make my pride flag. Oh, she did? You didn't tell me that. Oh, I didn't tell you that? No. Yeah. Well, so I have... I bought every color of sticky notes. And then I up on my window, I, I made a pride oh. flag out of sticky notes. But I didn't have the color orange. And so it was just missing orange. And so she went out and she bought orange sticky notes for me. And she nah. was like, these are for you so you can finish your pride flag. Like, she's super sweet. That is actually a really sweet gesture. Yeah, she's really nice. Um, and then I have another roommate who's Mormon who is a Utah Mormon. Mm. And I don't think I've had, like, a full conversation with her before. Yeah. She's always gone and she also... I don't know. She's older. She is older. Everyone everyone is freshman, and then she's, I don't know what year she is, but she's older. She's the RA. She's the RA, so she's, yep. yeah. And then I have two ex-Mormon. Yes. So, we got, we're split right in half. Yeah. Ex-Mormons for the win, though. Yeah. It's not even, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, how was that, leaving home and... I mean, I know how it was here for us. How was it for you there? <laughs> well, it was it was fun. I like living. Like, I love my apartment, and I love, I don't know. You love being independent. I love being independent, and I love where I'm living and everything. It's been super fun. And I have lots of friends, and, like, it was a really good time for, like, the first three weeks. And then I got really, really homesick <laughs> once everything started going wrong. Yeah. Because, like, the first two weeks was, like, perfect, super fun. And then the two weeks after that were just, like, everything went wrong. Yeah. And so I got really homesick, and I went home. And 
then that made it worse, going home and then having to yeah. say goodbye again and then go back up. And so I've just been homesick mostly. But other than that, it's been really good. So that's been, what, maybe like three weeks mm-hmm. since you came down the last time. Yeah. Oh, and then I got COVID. Well, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I just I just barely got out of quarantine for COVID. Yeah. Um. So my roommate actually had to live in the like living room of our dorm yeah because she couldn't be in the room with me so she took her whole mattress and moved it out there and all of her stuff and I feel bad because I made her like is she moved back in now hopefully yeah yeah I think I told her I left I might have not told her that I went home (laughs) shoot so she's still sleeping in the living room (laughs) she's like I but you're out of quarantine so she can move back in yeah she can move back in okay yeah so I've spent the last week just going crazy in my room. Yeah, being super bored. I've been obsessively cleaning everything. And obsessively posting about Taylor Swift. Obsessively posting about Taylor Swift. So one thing you need to know about my daughter <laughs> is that she hasn't always been obsessed with Taylor Swift. She sort of had this, she was like a a, a late bloomer to the Taylor Swift fan club. I've, I've always loved Taylor You've Swift. You've always liked her. But... I was more of, like, a casual fan before. Totally. And then in the last, like, maybe two years, it's kind of... Since, it's since kind 2020. Of, it's kind of taken over my life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and she's releasing a new album in yeah. uh, 25 days. <laughs> so, as of right now, 25 days. And so, that has been the highlight of my quarantine, is seeing all her posts, and then I repost all her posts. <laughs> And she's been, like, releasing album names and stuff. Yeah, so, so you don't want to follow her on Instagram because that's all you'll see. That is all you will see. Unless Genuinely, you... every day I post about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I know. Um, I just know that this is going to be, this is my favorite album. It's already changed my life. <laughs> it's already changed your life. <laughs> she's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. just, we'll just say that. Like, you've never known somebody who likes Taylor Swift as much I as she I know everything about Taylor Swift. I know you do. We should just do a whole episode about Taylor. I should just start a Taylor Swift podcast. Oh my gosh, you should. I could do it. I could talk about her endlessly. (laughs) But the only people that would listen are the people who are as obsessed with her as you are. Good. Which I'm sure there's plenty. That's There's plenty. Yeah. No, I'm sure there's plenty. My Instagram feed is full of them. Yeah. That's where they all are. Because you follow all the Taylor Swift freaks too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah. So... Things have been good, but they're hard and we're getting through it. I think I think technology helps us because we have the Marco Polo app, so we talk almost every day. Yep. I still get to see your face and so that's been good. But um when she came down a few weeks ago, she decided to dye the dog red. <laughs> there is no evidence that that was me. Oh my god. You have nothing against me. So we have a white This is a cute a what used to be an adorable little white I dog. Am innocent until proven guilty. No. And then this she, is America. she and her brother dyed the dog purple. These are false claims. Back in June. Lacking evidence. And then in September, <laughs> when he when the purple was almost gone, then she dyed him red. <laughs> this is this is false. This yeah. is slander. Okay. Anyways. No, she has no evidence that it was me. It was, she's a troublemaker. Was, she's crazy. I literally live in, not here. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. So our topic for today, um, we kind of, because she came down this weekend, sort of last minute, I didn't know she was coming down yeah. until she was like basically on her way. And then today we were like, hey, we should record a podcast. So we really haven't planned very well about today but we do have we do have a topic that we've been wanting to talk about for a while and that is patriarchal blessings so she is my only child that received a patriarchal blessing because i'm the best because you're the best uh Mm. most most brainwashed child and um (laughs) my son had already left the church before he was ready and then my other daughter she just never wanted one she she didn't care she wasn't into the church really either. So And I got mine like a month after my best friend cousin got hers. Oh yeah. And so that yeah. definitely influenced it. She got That's hers true. and I was like, ooh, maybe now the I need spirit's to get mine. telling me to get mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I wanted to share just a couple things that I learned 
in the five minutes that I was hurrying to prepare something (laughs) for this episode um, so that I had any knowledge whatsoever. But um, the office of the, the patriarch, most people know that Joseph Smith's dad, Joseph Smith Sr., was the first patriarch of the church. And he was called even before the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Did you know that? Yeah, so the office of the patriarch of the church was created very, very early on, right? And it was meant to be passed down from father to son through the lineage, right? So the second patriarch of the church was Hiram Smith. And um, that's Joseph Smith's brother. That's Joseph Smith's brother. So it was Joseph Smith Sr.'s son, right? Mm-hmm. And because clearly Joseph couldn't be the patriarch, he was the prophet, right? So his brother was a patriarch. And then it was passed down through Hiram's lineage that way. So his son, I think John, and see now I don't, I don't remember all the details, but I think John was the third one. So, so what ended up happening is um, they had a patriarch of the church, which was basically like, like the head patriarch. But then they started calling local patriarchs like over stakes. And as the church was growing, they had lots of other patriarchs, but they still had the main patriarch of the church was always down through that lineage of the Smiths. And um, so the last patriarch was Eldred G. Smith. And he was patriarch for like 32 years or something like that from like the 40s until like Seven, I think it was 1979 when uh, Spencer W. Kimball basically, and I'm, I don't fully understand and I didn't look into it enough to really know the reasons, but they basically put him on emeritus status, which means like he's no longer like actively serving as a patriarch. And then they never called a new patriarch of the church. And I don't know if it's because they didn't have any other father to son I don't know if like Eldred G. Smith didn't have a son that could be a patriarch. That was maybe he didn't have a son, or maybe he his son wasn't worthy or something. I don't know for sure. But for whatever reason, they stopped calling a church patriarch. And so ever since then, we haven't had that. Hmm. Weird, huh? Yeah. So, but the crazy thing is he he lived to be 106 years old. He didn't die until 2013. 2013, Eldred G. Smith, the last patriarch. 106 years old. He is, he is the, he was like the longest living general authority of the entire church ever that ever existed. He, he was the oldest. So anyways, just a little fun fact about that. I don't know why, why they um, stopped, stopped calling a patriarch of the church, but they just from then on only had local patriarchs. So, but um, once a patriarch is called, he is always a patriarch, meaning he always has that office of the priesthood. Um, but he answers to the quorum of the twelve directly to the quorum of the twelve. Every patriarch, um, they they you know they do their stuff through their state president, who they serve under, but they also answer or they're called directly by the quorum. So even Eldridge Smith, after he was put in emeritus status, he still gave patriarchal blessings to like close family and friends and stuff like that. They said that over his lifetime, he gave over 20,000 patriarchal blessings. Wow. Yeah. So I think it'd be really interesting to compare patriarchal Mm -hmm. blessings that he gave because he clearly gave a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. And part of why we wanted to talk about patriarchal blessings today is because we wanted to kind of compare uh, patriarchal blessings and like how... You're not supposed to compare. Oh, yeah, we're not. According to this, is true. this list that we got this is true. when we got our patriarchal blessings, don't compare patriarchal blessings. Patriarchal. Patriarch. Don't. <laughs> don't compare patriarchal blessings. Right. Right. Yeah. So when she got her patriarchal blessing, it came in an envelope with another paper that said, "So I'm going to read you this this counsel for those who have received patriarchal blessings." So the very first thing it says is all promises and blessings spoken in a patriarchal blessing are conditioned upon the worthy, faithful living of the person receiving the blessing. <laughs> so I find that super interesting. Um, and you, had, what was, what was it that you said about it? That it's a disclaimer. Yeah. It's like a, it's, this whole paper is just a disclaimer, a disclaimer of your patriarchal blessing. Yeah. And basically saying like, if, 
if all of this doesn't come true, it's not our fault. It's right. Not, not a problem with your patriarch. It is your problem. Yeah. Because you weren't worthy, or maybe it'll happen in the afterlife, uh-huh. or, you know, just because it doesn't say it doesn't mean it won't happen. Or, like, it yeah. just, it goes over everything. It's like a terms and conditions paper. It totally is. Like, it's like the fine print. It's it, the fine print of yeah. the of the blessing. Yeah. So everything, the first, the first thing on there is basically all of this is conditioned upon your worthiness. Mm -hmm. Um, It says you should read it often and prayerfully. Uh, It's your sacred scripture. So it, it can be shared with family friends, but it shouldn't be shared with casual friends or acquaintances. Mm -hmm. It is a sacred guideline of information, promises and counsel from the Lord to help an individual throughout life. The person receiving a blessing should not expect it to outline all that will happen to him or her or answer all questions. Um, If future events, for example, marriage or remission, are not stated in a patriarchal blessing, it doesn't mean necessarily that those things won't happen, right? The Lord, for his purposes, may say certain things to one person in his or her patriarchal blessing and different things to another person. Well, duh. Occasionally, members of the same family receive patriarchal blessings, declaring them to be of different lineage. Families are sometimes of mixed lineage, and one lineage will be dominant in one child with a different lineage dominant in another child. I'm sorry, but what the hell does any of that mean? That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand the whole lineage thing, and and I really don't want to understand. Yeah. There's I like just weird care. things about that, like what your lineage means exactly, or like... I don't know. They don't really go into that very much in the church. They talk she, about lineage like because okay, your your actual lineage is is like your your genetic family. Your right? Mm-hmm. And so it's so confusing that like your dad could be from a different lineage than you. Yeah. And they're just like, "Oh, yeah, that's no big deal. It's fine." Mm-hmm. Like are they talking about like spiritual lineage? Like, does that just mean spiritually you are of their lineage? But that doesn't make any sense either. Mm-hmm. And then also, I know I've heard back, you know, back in the early days of the church that they could be like adopted into different lineages. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like people of color were of the lineage of Cain, but they could be adopted into a different lineage if they were righteous enough or some shit like that. Anyways, I really don't understand the lineage thing, and I don't really want to because it's just a bunch of bullshit anyways. Okay, the patriarchal blessing should be viewed from an eternal perspective. Sometimes blessings promised may not come in this life, but may be realized in eternity. Avoid comparing your patriarchal blessing with others. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, we're not we're not going to listen to that one today. <laughs> the interpretation of your blessing will, will be revealed to you and not to others, Okay. It is personal, and only you have the right to the understanding of its content. The patriarchal blessing comes from the Lord. He uses mortal men to be the vessel through which the blessing is pronounced. Each patriarch uses language differently. So they're basically saying, like, if there's mistakes, it's, you know, it's not the Lord. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, I have to tell a funny story about this, because my husband, bless his heart, (laughs) um, his patriarch called him the wrong name through his entire blessing (laughs) and and so he literally from day one kind of discounted his patriarchal blessing and said like how can that be a direct message from god god doesn't know my name Mm -hmm. like and it's your personal scripture but that's not your name at all like yeah yeah and granted it was close to his real name It it was close it was close but it wasn't his real name And so, so yeah, that was like a huge item on his shelf right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then when he told me about that, I was basically like, oh, you know, that's just like, that's, that's such a dumb reason to be offended. Just because the patriarch got your name wrong doesn't mean the Lord doesn't know your name, you know, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And I, I made excuses for it. And my husband was just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. How old was he when he got his blessing? Um, he got it right before he went on his mission, actually. Mm -hmm. So I know that there was things in in Dad's patriarchal blessing that he talks about um, his faith and keeping his faith and constantly working on his faith and his priesthood. And, oh, this this is a really interesting and funny part. 
it talks about how uh, Satan desires to have your soul and he'll do his utmost to take you from the church and have you do those things that will bring you into inactivity and disobedience. But if this happens, command him in the name of Jesus Christ and through the power of the priesthood you hold to depart and he will heed your command. But then it goes on to say that he'll, but he'll keep coming back over and over again. So just keep commanding him to leave. <laughs> I think that's so funny. That it's is so funny. weird. You have the power of the Lord, but he'll keep coming. He'll keep coming back. Yeah, yeah, and we all got a little message about how Satan will tempt us to leave in all in all three of ours yeah. blessings. Mine says, these latter days will be difficult. There is much turmoil and wickedness in the world. Satan will try to deceive the very elect of God, and he knows your worth. He will try to discourage and tempt you away from the blessings of the gospel. If you will stand firm, doing the simple things, such as saying your prayers each morning and night, Reading the scriptures, serving in the holy temple of God, you will have the power to withstand the temptations of the evil one. Ooh-wee. Just do the simple things. If only I would have if only I would have prayed more, I wouldn't have left the church. You wouldn't have left the church. I've been tempted. I've been ensnared by the devil. I should have read my scriptures more. I should have prayed more. Okay, what was that line about that you'll be able to withstand something? Say that again because I was just looking at I, my... Um, you'll have the power to withstand the temptations of the evil one. Ooh. Okay, so mine says that you will be able to see right from wrong, see good from bad. You will be able to withstand all of the peer pressure and temptations of the world. Mm. Um, but it, that's, of course, after he says... If you live your life pure before the Lord and call on him in prayer, and if you direct your mind and activities to the principles of the gospel, blah, 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 right? So, yeah. of course, again, that contingency of, you know, being worthy. So what that says is that if Satan if Satan does have power over you, that means that you're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. You're not doing enough. Yeah. So I will tell you that when I got my uh, patriarchal blessing, I was incredibly happy with it. Like I felt the spirit really strong. I felt like it was a really great blessing. I was really happy about it. But there was one item that I struggled with that immediately went up on my shelf. And I will tell you what that is. So let's see. It says, you have been permitted to come through a choice and noble family, a family who loves the gospel and loves their children. I... Did not believe that my parents were a noble choice, a noble family. Mm-hmm. I I honestly didn't. Even at that time when I probably was in, you know, a spiritual high of my life, I was like, hmm. Now, I knew they loved the gospel, but I didn't necessarily know they loved their children. But I just remember the choice and noble family thing. And I thought, really? My, my parents? Mm-hmm. Their choice and noble, really? And you've always kind of said that your mom really put on like a mask with oh, the ward and like totally. it's totally different around everyone, everyone in the ward versus like at home. Yeah, so that was hard. Mm-hmm. I felt like if the Lord really knew me, he'd be like, Hey, hang in there with your parents. It's gonna be okay. They aren't perfect, mm-hmm. but they they're trying. Yeah. Like I feel like that would have been an honest message. Not yeah. your parents are choice and noble and yeah, they love you. That's the point of view of the person who gave you your blessing, not yeah. the point of view of the Lord. Yeah, like if the Lord knew me mm-hmm. and knew my parents, he'd be like, hey, I know you're going through a hard time right now with your parents, but mm-hmm. it's going to be okay, and they're trying. They're not perfect. Like, mm-hmm. don't you think? Like, Yeah. But of course they can't say that in a patriarchal blessing, Yeah. right? I really feel like patriarchs, when they are like given some sort of training, they kind of have a checklist of items to go over, right? Oh, yeah, because there's so many things where it's like it talks about in all three of our blessings. Yep. yep. And it's kind of in order too. Yes. In the same order. Yep. It mentions all of them. The words are different, but it's still kind of the same. Yeah. And yeah, one thing that's in mine that isn't in either of yours mm-hmm. is it says... <clears throat> You are entitled to many blessings and were given responsibilities. You were promised the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I just realized they're in the envelope that they gave me with my blessing. Mm -hmm. There's a short little letter from uh, my patriarch. And he said in the letter, 
it was it's just really short you know just like thank you for the opportunity and everything and he says study and ponder what promises were made to abraham and reaffirm to isaac and jacob these are incredible blessings and you are an heir to all of them what does that mean i don't know i don't understand the blessings of abraham isaac and jacob i don't like i think i even like was trying to figure out what those were and i couldn't really find anything yeah. And, like, what that meant. Because the fact that he mentioned it twice, and it's different. It's not in yours. Yeah. I haven't... I don't know what those are. <laughs> like, yeah. That's kind of a Yeah, but I'm wondering thing. if it has... Is that related to your lineage of, like... Well, I'm in... How many say? I'm in Ephraim. Yeah, and so am I. And so is Dad. So, because mine says... Okay. You've been permitted to be born into the house of Israel through the tribe of Ephraim... You've been given all the blessings and privileges that accrue to a member of this tribe, including all the promises made to the patriarchs of old. So I feel like that's somewhat similar to what yours is saying, but also different. It doesn't mention Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's interesting that he mentioned it again in his letter because he didn't mention anything else about what specifically is in my blessing. He says... Mm. He just says, thank you for the opportunity to participate in your patriarchal blessing. It was a special time for me to feel and know the love our Heavenly Father has for you and your family. I've included two copies of your blessing, one to keep in a special place and the other to share with your family. Study and ponder what promises were made to Abraham and reaffirm to Isaac and Jacob. These are incredible blessings. And then it's like, should you ever lose your blessing? Here's what to do. Call whatever, whatever. Like, that's all he says. And so I think it's really interesting that he, like pulled that out and made yeah. it specific. I don't know what that means. So, still, okay, but. and I might sound like a total idiot right now, but I don't really know how it works. But I think that, okay, so Abraham was Isaac and Jacob's father, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so he's got, or maybe was Isaac the- was Jacob's father. Maybe it was Abraham and Isaac, uh-huh. and then Jacob was Isaac's son, maybe. Is that is that the lineage of Ephraim? Well, so I think Jacob was the one who had the 12 sons, which are after the 12 tribes of Israel. Oh, okay. Because I'm pretty sure that Jacob's other name or what he's known by sometimes is Israel. And then he had 12 sons. So Ephraim was one of Jacob's sons. Mm. That's what it is. It's, okay. So it's, um, so Abraham was Jacob's grandfather. Mm-hmm. And then he had 12 sons, which one of those was the Joseph sold into Egypt. It's that story. Remember? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so I believe <laughs> I might sound like such an idiot right now because I honestly don't know if that's if that's accurate. But basically, like all of us come through Abraham. Which is, yeah, how is that possible? How does every person on the earth? Well, because Noah okay. came through the that one of the tribes, and then Noah. Everybody else on the earth died when the flood happened. <laughs> was Noah, Noah's before or after Abraham? Uh, he was after Abraham. So then wouldn't we all be from the lineage of okay, Noah? Of Noah? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> see, this, we are not biblical scholars <laughs> at all. But see, I bet we're pretty normal. I bet most people are not that biblical yeah. of scholars either to know, like... How do all these pieces fit together? But you know what's so interesting is in the church, you don't think about that stuff. You totally, like, you just, even when, like, stuff is confusing, most people just go, oh, yeah, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not important. We'll know everything in the afterlife. Yeah, it's not important. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so yours talks about, um, I think we were comparing how, I mean, both of ours talk about getting an education, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. But yours, yours specifically says get an education so you can be a good mom. Yes. Father in heaven has given you the ability to learn and gain knowledge. Make this a matter of importance, importance in your life. Seek to learn temporal and spiritual things that will help you to succeed and be serviceable to your heavenly father. Knowledge will be necessary in raising your family, in raising your family, in teaching your children, the principles of the gospel. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So is that the only um, paragraph where he talks about you being a mother? Or is there no, another there's section? another. there's another paragraph that talks about prepare for your responsibilities of wife and mother. 
It says, Heavenly Father will send beautiful children for me to raise together with my husband, which was a lot for me yeah. talking about a husband. Because it was about a year, well, like less than a year after I got my blessing, where I started to question my sexuality. Yeah. And this, my personal scriptures say I have a husband. So that was, yeah. that was supposed to be my answer to this question that I was having. That was, yeah. that's the answer. I have a husband, you know, this says so. And so it was like, that was a really hard thing for me Yeah. to kind of like think about is like, is my blessing wrong or am I wrong? Because totally. I, I really struggled to deny my feelings that I knew were true. And so I think I kind of rationalized it and said, oh, well, you know, the patriarch probably had to say husband or maybe, you know, it only mentions yeah. it once. Like, it's probably just, you know. So did you think I, that he made a mistake or yes. that he chose to say husband because he couldn't say wife? Yeah, that was kind of like my thinking or yeah. also like, oh, I'm. I'm bi, so I could still... So you could could still still marry a man. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that that clearly screws you up in your head. Mm -hmm. And I even remember having the conversation after you came out, Mm -hmm. and I asked you about it, about your patriarchal blessing, and you said what? I I said, well, my patriarchal blessing says I have a husband, so I'll just marry a man. Yeah. And that that was my plan. I'll just marry a man. Yeah, you're like, I'm still... I'm still making this decision that I'm going to marry a mm-hmm. man because my patriarchal blessing says so, right? Yeah, it was definitely. And then that kind of like over time broke down. It was yeah. like, I'll only date, I'll only date men and I'll only marry a man. Ugh. And, but then it was like, but I want to, I want to date girls. Yeah. So is it okay to date them as long as I don't marry them? And there was a whole thing with me going to my seminary teacher in ninth grade and asking him, I didn't, I didn't tell him I was gay because I was still terrified of that. Yeah. And, but I asked him like, you know, oh, I have some friends who are, who are struggling with same sex attraction. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, like, are they allowed to date if they don't get married? And he just gave me like the most soul crushing answer of just like, no, that is a sin always you know, even if they date, that'll lead to sin. You know, it's yeah. it's just not acceptable at all to be gay at all. And it was like, oh, yeah. I remember like walking out of his office and just feeling like oh, defeated, like heavy. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, that, yeah, you just wanted a little bit you know, of like reassurance that yeah. things were gonna and be I'm, okay. And you know, I'm still trying to find like light in what he said, and like, okay, I can. You know, I can still do this. I can be hopeful, but I just remember feeling very discouraged and, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of, I don't know, like a little bit ashamed and like, you Ugh. know, like, oh, yeah. this is, this is bad. So I'll just like keep, I'll keep being, you know, yeah. just, just date guys. Okay. That's fine. Just what? Oh, just, just date guys. Just date yeah. guys. That's okay. Yeah. You know, and like that kind of, I feel like that set me back a little bit. Yeah, it definitely you know? did. And so that was really, yeah, yeah. that was hard. Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember you telling me that. And then what I think is interesting is one of, one of the parts in my blessing that I thought was really like, oh, this is so cool was, hang on, sorry. I bless you that you will be a leader among the sisters of the church and to the young people. Many will come to you for help, guidance, and learning, and you will be able with empathy and love to help them. So I, I always thought, oh my gosh. And then, you know, I've had callings in Young Women's and in Relief Society. And mm-hmm. like, I, I've totally worked with the youth and Sunday school and primary and, and the sisters. And like, my patriarchal blessing is spot on, right? Yeah. And then mine has almost <laughs> the exact same thing. Let me find it real quick, what exactly it says. Um... You will lead the sisters and the youth of the church in various capacities because of your powerful testimony and your ability to speak and communicate. Before that, it says uh, you will be needed to help build the kingdom here upon earth to fellowship with the saints and sacrifice your talents to help teach others of the truth. So again, saying the youth and the sisters of the church. 
Yeah. Not You won't be a leader in the church. No. No. You will lead the sisters and the youth because that's all you can lead. That's all you can do. And I never even thought about that. Like, I thought that was telling me that I was going to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Like, that that was an important thing for me. But then I realized, of course I'm going to be... I'm going to work with the sisters and the youth. What else would I do? Yeah. That's it's not like I can is. have any real leadership. That's uh-huh. the only option for sisters. That's like as high as you can shoot. Is being yeah. like a young women's leader. Yeah. Or, like a, or a relief society or president. relief society president. And so it's like, we think that that's like a really special thing that, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, they got it right. I mm-hmm. am. I was a relief society president. I was a young women's president. Uh, no. Like, that's what they say in everybody's blessing, yeah. probably, yeah. you know, like most. And that's also the only option you have as a mm-hmm. woman in the church. But yeah, that's as high as you can go is yeah. in your word, ward being released. Well, of course, you can only be over sisters and you. Yeah, you can't. You couldn't. You would not see a woman teaching men or anything. If no. it's a group of men. No, no. You wouldn't see a woman teaching them or leading yeah. them at all. No, maybe teaching, but not leading. Yeah. Maybe teaching in a in a gospel doctrine setting or a Sunday school setting mm-hmm. of some kind, but never leading. Yeah. Women are never leaders over men. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that was really interesting. I know in dad's um, in dad's patriarchal blessing, it talks about how he'll be called to preside over his brethren, preside over your brethren. And yeah, I, it just never dawned on me that. Well, yeah, no duh, mm-hmm. no duh. I'm I'm only gonna serve over sisters and youth in the church. So, I think that's really interesting. So, one of the things I remember loving about yours is how much it said about which you already read about being a mom and how your children, you know, and your home is gonna be this beautiful place and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I felt like mine also kind of said, yeah, I some really, important things I about really, being a mother. I got a big long paragraph of the about being a mother and creating a really beautiful home. And I remember really loving that. Yeah. Like I really did was like, this is exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. And you know, at that time in my life, I was what, like, how old was I? 15. I think I had just 14 or 15. I had just turned 14 or 15. And that was all I wanted was to have children in a home and and like, that's what I wanted. That was my only goals in life. I didn't even, well, don't you think that that was your only goal because that's what you had been told oh, your yeah. enti- since the day you were born was supposed mm-hmm. to be your only goal? And to also like idolize women yes. who have lovely homes and lovely yes, children. and motherhood. And that's Pedestalize what, motherhood. Mm-hmm. That's like the greatest thing. That's that. That's how I can use my gifts best. Like, yeah. You know, and I think it's kind of also looking down on women who you know, just have a career or looking down on women who don't get married or don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of kids or aren't being that like perfect Mormon mom that you see because because there's kind of like you you need to be up to the status quo on number of children too. You can't Mm -hmm. just have one child. Yeah. Can you imagine? How how much faith are you lacking to only have one child or two children? What? I'm sure any Mormon women out there who only have one kid, I'm sure they get comments all the time. They're like, oh, when's having your next kid like oh, what if you just sure. want one kid I feel like that's not yeah. I can't I can't even think of anyone in our ward who only had one kid yeah no yeah no, most most thing. people don't and that also brings up like people who have infertility yeah and and you know issues with getting pregnant how do you think they feel <laughs> in the church they feel like garbage mm-hmm. constantly that's constantly thrown in their face and for sure they're looking at their patriarchal blessing and there's no way their patriarchal blessing says you won't be able to have children in this life. I yeah. mean, how do you think that that is even possible that a patriarch would say that? Oh, no. Or that you'll you'll have so many problems with infertility, you, you're only going to have one child. Like mm-hmm. it never, it would never say that. Yeah. And I can imagine the pain and suffering that causes when your patriarchal blessing says going to be blessed with many children and then you Mm -hmm. end up having fertility issues Mm -hmm. or you never get married yeah like and literally that's all they're basically meant to say in your patriarchal blessing is about Mm -hmm. your marriage and how many children you know what you're going to do with your you know having having kids Mm -hmm. I remember one time at young women's it was it was girls camp and Mm -hmm. there was this woman and she talked to us about she was unmarried and she was like she wasn't old. She was probably maybe 35, 
or younger. Like she was, she was still pretty young and Mm -hmm. she talked about how she wasn't married yet and how she just kind of accepted that she would never be married in this life. And she's like, my patriarchal blessing says I'll get married and I'll have kids. And so, but that could happen in my next life. Or like after I die. And I just remember sitting there and thinking like, this is so heartbreaking that she feels like she can't like achieve her goal in life or or like, or like the one thing that she's meant to do, she feels like she can't achieve it. And also she can't get into the celestial kingdom without a husband. Yeah. Her value and her worth is totally wrapped up in her marriage status. Yeah. I remember that made me so sad. Yeah, so I I remember stuff like that too. And the in my patriarchal blessing, I I love it because and granted, I'm I recognize how lucky I am that my patriarchal blessing, you know, felt really like it came true, I guess, or mm-hmm. like I always went to it and just felt all throughout my life like it didn't make me feel less than. It didn't make me feel like I wasn't accomplishing the things that it said to do because I was. Mm-hmm. I was doing all the things, right? And I was having all the kids and, and I was married in the temple and I I don't know, I just kind of, so I didn't have a lot of that anguish that I know so many people have about their patriarchal blessings. Mm -hmm. Like all this anxiety about like, this isn't coming true. So I must not be being faithful enough. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, all of your entire blessing is predicated on your faithfulness, but I loved in mine when it talked about, so it says, you have been given the love, empathy, and understanding that will make you a noble mother in Israel. While you have choices to make, this is the one which will be the most fruitful, one in which you will gain the great, the greatest understanding and in which the godlike qualities which are possible to obtain here upon the earth can be given. That was really powerful to me because, like, at first I always thought, well, I mean, that means that motherhood is the most important thing for me. Um, I also, uh, the word fruitful really freaked me out a little bit because it made me think I was supposed to have a ton of kids, right? <laughs> fruitful. Um, but, you know, I was I was really excited about the idea that through my experiences as a, as a mother that I would be able to obtain or um, gain all the godlike qualities that are possible to obtain. Right. Mm -hmm. And then as you know, like my oldest son leaves the church and I I have, you know, I start having like what I would consider at the time trials in motherhood. Right. Then I start realizing, Oh, so I'm going to, I'm going to obtain these godlike qualities by going through really incredibly hard things. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's like this thing like you can't get closer to God unless you unless you suffer. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's this whole idea of like suffering's a challenge, but if you're not in the church then it's it's a punishment. It's a, yeah, totally, totally. But like it's it's this pedestalizing of suffering a little mm-hmm. bit of like well, it makes you more Christ-like when mm-hmm. you suffer, when you go through hard things. So I actually took that to mean, oh, okay, I'm going to become more like God or more like more Christ-like. Oh, then that means I'm going to have to go through really hard things in order to be that way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that was something that and stood it, out to me. There was a lot of pressure put on you because in your blessing, it says like your children will be examples oh, of God. yeah, yeah, yeah. And when when you know, one of your children leaves the church. Like it's, it's, and I just noticed mine says, build your faith so as to be anchored firmly in the gospel for it is there that you will find the blessings of eternity as you strive each day to live in righteousness. If you will do this, your children will follow you all their days. Yes. He's promising that your children won't leave the church, Mm -hmm. right? Is that what he's saying? That's how I read it. If you're faithful If enough. I'm righteous and anchored firmly in the gospel, my children will follow me all my days. So when, not if, mm-hmm. but when your children left the church mm-hmm. at some future date, you would go back to your patriarchal blessing and you would, that part that says, if you are faithful enough, mm-hmm. would stick out to you and you'd be like, oh, I guess I wasn't faithful enough. Yeah, it's my fault. That's why And it also gives kind of like, it's... 100% you know on you it's not that your children have free will or the ability to make their own decisions yeah it's 
all based on your righteousness. Yep. If your children stay in the church. Oh, yeah. And also your patriarchal blessing. Nothing that the patriarch said could possibly have been a mistake. Yeah, no. It's it, He didn't make a mistake. Yeah. You just didn't live up to your mm-hmm. potential, right? Yeah. That's what it says. Yeah, one of one of the lines in mine says that um, I bless you that your family will be an example of goodness. Uh, and I thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. because I took that to mean that that yeah that like people would look to our family and see how great we are and then they'd want to be like us. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is what every what every yeah. girl wants. That's what yeah. every every woman wants. People to look at their family and see how perfect they are, and I think that's yeah. totally like the that's church. Such a Mormon the thing. church does that to us. I yeah, I think that's a really Mormon concept because I think that people outside the church don't really give a shit what other people think mm-hmm. of them or, or how they are portrayed. The, not to the same degree. Not where to the same it's degree. Like it's kind of a need. It's not just yes. like oh, I want them to think we're we're nice and we're good. It's like. I need to show how perfect I am. Yeah. Or people are going to question yeah. my decisions. You my need that faith. validation. Yeah. My yeah, worthiness. Yeah, they'll question my faith or how good of a mother I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what what makes us be so mm-hmm. fake. And mm-hmm. and I think the standard is way higher in the church oh, yeah. than for any other non-Mormon family. Like yeah. the, the standard's really high to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I I can't remember if I've told you this. I I probably have. Um, And I might have even mentioned this on the podcast before. But I find it really funny and sad, actually, (laughs) that my parents had nine freaking children when they were never equipped to Mm -hmm. have that many children financially, mentally, emotionally, in all of the ways. They were not equipped Mm -hmm. right but my dad's fucking patriarchal blessing says you will be be blessed with many sons and daughters okay (laughs) sons was plural and Uh daughters was plural right (laughs) okay so my dad and my mom start having kids and it's one two three four five six effing daughters (laughs) in a row oh do you think in if, a row. Do you think if you guys had two daughters and two sons, you would have stopped there? Yes! <laughs> yes! Uh-huh. I actually really believe that they kept having children because of my dad's patriarchal blessing. That's in hilarious. fact, I, that's not just an assumption I'm making. I actually heard my dad talk about it because he would sit and say, well, I know there are, there are sons. Mm-hmm. Okay, after the sixth girl... The seventh child was a son. Mm-hmm. And my dad was so happy. Mm-hmm. Was so incredibly happy. But guess what? Sons was plural. Mm-hmm. So one son was not enough. So they had another child. Eighth child, guess what? Another fucking girl. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to have another one. So so they have another child. <laughs> this is reminding me of of what's it called Saturday's Warrior oh yes. where they're like we have to stop having kids because it's not cool to have a big family yeah and then there's the daughter who's still up in heaven yes and she's like please Jimmy you told me <laughs> Jimmy so funny yeah I met I uh, met a return missionary named John and I told him about dear John, John. And he, I thought it was so funny. He'd never heard of it though, and I was like, he "What? Do you mean? Yeah, I was like, you haven't heard of dear. You're a Mormon missionary, and you haven't. He's never, never heard of a dear John letter, even. Yeah, like, a dear John. He had no oh idea what that was. That's like, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, hello. We need to see. We need to watch Saturday's we Warriors should, again. That should. That'd be a good episode. Yeah. Just review <gasps> Saturday's Warrior. Let's do it. That'd Let's do really a whole fun. episode on Saturday's Warriors it's, because. Seriously, like the doctrinal issues in Saturday's Warriors is so ridiculous. It's so funny. But I grew up, I grew up just taking all of that in. Like Mm -hmm. it was gospel truth doctrine. Like that was gospel doctrine. I love like the, the peer pressure scene where they're like, having too many kids is lame (laughs) as if that's something you control. (laughs) Why are they making fun of him for that? It's so weird. It 
it is so and Okay, we have to stop talking about it because we have oh, to save it for our own right. episode okay. about that. We'll have it. We'll have an episode. We about have to that. do a whole episode. You got to do it that. But way. yeah, I mean, it's incredibly sad that my parents felt so much pressure, and now looking at the patriarchal blessing and going, that freaking patriarch had no <laughs> clue how many kids you were supposed to have. Yeah. He just said sons and daughters because. I don't know, yeah. Because that's just what he probably said to everybody, yeah. or or maybe he got reprimanded at some time. Like, stop saying sons and daughters. That's causing a lot of problems. Just say children. Yeah, just say children. <laughs> I wonder how you many people's patriarchal blessings like were for, were specific like that, mm-hmm. where like they kept doing something because they thought the outcome was supposed to be what their patriarchal yeah. blessing said. Like, you know what? The population know. would be so much lower. <laughs> Freaking Mormons. I mean, my mom said that she always wanted a big family, but I know for a fact that they were trying to accomplish his patriarchal blessing and they were trying to have the multiple sons. They had the multiple daughters (laughs) right off the bat. They didn't need any more daughters, but damn it. Those daughters kept coming. And they didn't then it, even like each other. Your parents oh, no. didn't like each other. No, they my had parents didn't like each other. Way too many kids together. Way too many kids. And they couldn't afford that many kids mm-hmm. either. Like, that just was a dumb, 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 dumb idea. So the harm that I think there is actual harm that that is caused by patriarchal blessings. Even though, like, if you said that to an active believing Mormon, they would be like, Oh, even if it's not, you know, gospel truth, or even if they get some things wrong in patriarchal blessings, what's the harm that can be done? Mm-hmm. There, my parents is a perfect example yeah. of the harm that can be done. Granted, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'd want to get rid of any, well. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> Most of my siblings I really like. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it's just so, it's so crazy. But, but also I've talked to people who've had terrible anxiety because of what is said in their patriarchal blessing that doesn't line up with how their life is coming, mm-hmm. you know, coming around and like things that are happening in their lives, such as not getting married or yeah. not being able to have children or, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, um, my, my patriarchal blessing. Oh yes. Th- this is one part that did cause me direct anxiety that I had forgotten about. So mine says that I will have an eternal celestial marriage, which I did have. I got married in the temple to my husband. But then it says that my husband will be a righteous and good servant of Heavenly Father who holds the priesthood and uses it and is guided by it. Okay? (laughs) And if your patriarchal blessing isn't right, it's your fault. Yeah. Remember that. (coughs) So you're not righteous. Well, and I actually... I didn't think that. I blamed it on dad. I was like, he's not following my patriarchal blessing. It says that he's supposed to be a righteous priesthood holder and follow it. So what about all the people who are in mixed faith marriages that say you're going to marry a righteous priesthood holder and they're going to, you know, serve God all the days of their lives. And then suddenly your spouse isn't doing that. Or suddenly your spouse decides they don't want to be married to you anymore and you get a divorce? Like, what about what's in your patriarchal blessing? Yeah, you said, it said you have an eternal companion. Yeah. And if you get a divorce, like, then you're, you know, how yeah. are you supposed to... How are you supposed to reconcile that? Yeah. I wonder what my mom's patriarchal blessing says mm. about, like, her husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I, I want to know if there's anyone any woman out there who has a patriarchal blessing that doesn't say anything about a husband i yeah. wonder if that's a thing or oh my gosh if it doesn't say anything about a husband or children i doubt there's anyone. i bet there are some that don't say anything about really? children but maybe children. Well, just because children are not a requirement for heaven that's but true. a spouse is they probably all say something about a spouse because i really do think that they have a checklist and not just any spouse it has to be a man of oh course. yeah yeah. yeah, a righteous priesthood holder righteous. man. Mine only says husband. Oh, really? It never says a righteous priesthood it holder? It says, Father in heaven will send beautiful children for you to raise together with your husband. That is the only time a husband is mentioned at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so did you take... It doesn't... Let's see. Does it say anything about, like, priesthood even? In yeah, that? that's what I was thinking. Like, it doesn't say that he'll have the priesthood because... Hello. But yeah. That's okay. Interesting. I'm going to put that question out there. I want to know if any of my listeners, if your patriarchal blessing does not mention a husband, I want to know about it. 
Mine doesn't say anything about the priesthood being in my home. Interesting. It just says I have a husband. Interesting. Okay. And that's literally the only time it mentions a husband or even a spouse or raising my kids with another person. Wow. That is the only time it's mentioned. Interesting. My okay. patriarchal blessing has some interesting things that I feel like are... Unique or... Kind of, yeah. Well, it like it like coincides with my life like this one about my health which i don't know how much the patriarch knew about yeah everything was going on or what we had told him but there is this line oh that that there will be trials or something yeah um it says there will be trials and challenges in your life heavenly father will allow these to come to strengthen you and help draw you close to him be humble in your trials, disappointments, or even through illness. Mm. And at that time, I was definitely experiencing illness. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of health problems. Yeah. And so that was really like, I don't know if I don't know if our patriarch knew about those or not. I, I do. You think it's possible that like, like did our bishop know? And like, do you think it's possible? I feel like we didn't talk about it a lot. We didn't like the bishop didn't know. I don't know. He might have known. He might have. And also, do you know that the bishop was the patriarch's son-in-law? Oh, really? Our bishop was his son-in-law. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because I think, like, I don't know. But maybe that was just a, I mean, that's the thing is he could have said that about anybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody has some illness in their life. Yeah. Right? If it's not them, it's a family member. Like, you know, it can be interpreted so many ways. It can be interpreted so many different ways. And it's just like like somebody who does like fortune telling. Yeah. Like they keep it vague enough that it could totally happen to you. Yeah. It's something that could apply to anyone because it doesn't yeah. specifically say that all have illness. It just says yeah. I'll experience illness. Yeah. In, you know, in my life. So, you know. But you took that to mean that God was aware of your illness that yes. you had at the time that we were trying to figure out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So weird. Right. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. Yeah. Definitely like how it you can make anything apply to you and it's well and you can interpret things any way that you want to like mm-hmm. confirmation bias like yeah, if they, you want something to tell you a certain thing mm-hmm. you'll find a way to interpret it that way they leave it open for interpretation mm-hmm. um i think my favorite line <laughs> is my the line about paying tithing <laughs> that, that didn't used to be your no, favorite line not. but now it's the thing now, you make fun of it's okay. definitely definitely interesting it is important to learn the law of tithing. Great blessings are associated with this law. The windows of heaven will be open unto you and your family. Mm. Knowledge and testimony will be given to you as you live this law. Mm. So I have to pay tithing or else the windows of heaven won't be open to me and my family. <laughs> um, and knowledge and testimony will be given to you as I live this law. Interesting, right? I have to live this law for knowledge and testimony. Hmm. I, it doesn't say anything about tithing in my... In Does mine. it say anything in dad's? Mm-mm. Nope. Must be, must be a new thing they added. They're like, people aren't paying tithing enough. Start putting it in the, in the blessings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the next generation, they're like, you must pay tithing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. super interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by the, the nuances and the kind of the even vagueness of the blessings that... Basically, just go through the general um, tenets of Mormonism and like the basically the basic checklist of what you're supposed to do in your life. Mm-hmm. And I bet I would bet that every uh, patriarchal blessing is very similar in that that it goes through marriage and family and children and jobs and callings and you know mm-hmm. Satan and like warning against Satan and. Mm-hmm living a healthy life like dad says something about obeying the word of wisdom so that his health and that he'll be blessed with good health and he'll be blessed to live a long life Mm -hmm. so i just think like patriarchs probably have like that list in their mind and then Mm -hmm. they just like use that to to it's not like like utah's the most diverse place pretty much everyone's lives are very similar and like Mm -hmm. in the church everyone has this like cookie cutter image of what your life should look like Mm -hmm. And that totally, the patriarchal blessing totally follows it. So. Yeah. I, I I would be really fascinated, though, to know. So if people will tell us, I want you to message me 
if your patriarchal blessing, women, if your patriarchal blessing does not talk about marrying a man at all. Does dad say anything about a wife? Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah, in fact, I want to oh. know what it says. Okay. I think the difference between men and women's blessings oh, yeah. are, are interesting, the things that they're told. You know, like dad says, he'll be mm-hmm. a leader and like, you know, yeah. we only get to lead other women. Oh, yes. Because, I mean, his specifically says that he'll preside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Dad's is really funny. I think this is really funny. Okay. So, in days to come, God will give unto you a wife. Mm. So. He'll give it to you. I'm a piece of property. That totally, like, definitely. Yeah. You'll be given a wife. God will give unto you a wife. Okay. So that's the first thing. Then it says, care for her, provide for her. Like a, like watch, a little puppy. Watch over her. Let me give you give you a wife. You gotta take care of her. It's a big responsibility. And then this is great. Watch over her, and she in turn will bear your children. Uh, oh. Yep. That's so it's so like possessive. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, that's what she's going to bear your children. Mm -hmm. That's what a wife is there to do. You know, here you go. Here's a wife. Like, I'm giving Mm -hmm. it to you. Oh. Yeah, isn't that gross? bear your children. Like, imagine you get married and your wife is like, I don't want to have kids. Like, I don't want to. Or even if she's like, I don't, you know, we can adopt kids. Or like, I don't want to you know, get pregnant or anything. Yeah. Or if she has infertility, like it's, it's. Yeah. What if I had had fertility issues? Mm-hmm. Because this says she will bear your children. Yeah. I also, yeah. The I care it, for her and provide for her. I'm is sure just... patriarchal blessings put oh, a strain on so many marriages. They have to, right? Because like, what if they don't, what if they don't line up? Yeah. That must be something you gotta you gotta do before you get married. It's- I know of people who like didn't marry a person that they really loved because it didn't line up with their patriarchal blessing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what if that really was the person you should have married? Not that I I don't necessarily believe in like soulmates or like mm-hmm. that there's only one good person um, for you, but I mean, but then I kind of do believe in that when it comes to me because. I just think, like, I couldn't have married anybody else, mm-hmm. but then it's not like I ever, you know, met that many people. But, <laughs> but like, I really do feel like I was supposed to marry Dad. Like, I don't know, I we have people, a really good marriage. Yeah, I think people can have more than one soulmate, too. Yeah? I think, I don't think there's one person in the whole world that you are meant to be with. Right. I think there could be lots of people that you could be meant yeah. to be with and marry them and live with them forever and be happy yeah. But I think there's that could be multiple people. Yeah. Like I also think like, that you that you might have soulmates for different times in your life. Yes, that's that's kind of what I mean. Like yeah. maybe maybe while you're, you know, in your well, you're a teenager or something, and you meet someone and they are your soulmate, but not necessarily the person you're meant to marry or live with forever. Yeah. Like it's like you can still hmm. meet people and have them be meant for you. And it doesn't even have to time. be romantic either. I think, mm. like, you can have friends that are soulmates and, mm-hmm. like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. So, okay, well, maybe we should wrap up this episode just by saying, yeah, patriarchal blessings, take them with a grain of salt. <laughs> They're all basically the same. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sad for the people who they caused a lot of anxiety for, including you, because when you're going through trying to figure out your sexuality, in fact, that's a topic that was talked about all the time in the, um, the parent group that I was in on Facebook. It was a Facebook group of parents of, um, queer kids, Mm -hmm. LDS parents of queer kids. And that was a topic that was brought up all the time. Like, hey, did your queer kid get, you know, who who has a kid who got a patriarchal blessing? Did it, you know, did, is your gay son, does it say he's going to marry a wife? And, mm-hmm. and like, there was lots of conversations about that. And it's like, well, yeah, of course it's going to say that. It's never going to say you're going to marry a husband, you know, that yeah. you're going to have a gay partner <laughs> and adopt kids. Like, yeah, there's no. no way the patriarch would ever mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, in the end, I really loved my patriarchal blessing, especially yeah. when I first got it. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's still it's still meaningful, but there are things in it that are very problematic. Yeah, and cringy. And cringy, 
and definitely caused me lots of heartache. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, as with everything in the church, there were there were things that I liked about it, but in the end, like deep down, it wasn't good. <laughs> like yeah. it, it was there definitely hurtful. Yeah, because it was setting you up for disappointment, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Right? And like having your entire life plan written out on a piece of paper when you're 14 this, when years you're old. 14 years old and seeing like, "Oh, this is this is my life. Here it is." Mm-hmm. It was written by some old white man mm-hmm. and ordained by God. Yeah. So this is this is it for me. Not like, just ordained by God, but it was God's words to you. Yeah. It was what God wanted you personally mm-hmm. to know about your life. So I find that really fascinating as well. Yeah. So I'd love to hear other people's experiences with their patriarchal blessing. If anybody wants to share, mm-hmm. um, message me or reach out to me because yeah I think that's I think that's a super interesting interesting part of the church so and if anybody knows why they stopped having uh patriarchs of the church too I think I I think it may have something to do with the lineage thing but I don't know for sure if like maybe they were running out of (laughs) direct (laughs) descendants of Joseph Smith yeah I don't know but anyways all right well Thanks for listening and we'll see you later. Bye.